I just think I'd be a lot better off, you know, getting a job or something. Well, you never went to college. Look how great you're doing. Jason, I said it before and I'll say it again. I don't care how rich, successful a man is. Without an education, he's nothing. I mean, stay in school, study harder. You can be whatever you want to be. You want to be a loser, you'll be a loser. You want to be a winner, you'll be a winner. Jason, it's up to you. You can do it. Remember, you're a melon. Dad, that's easy for you to say. You don't have to do any of it. Okay, then. I'll do it with you. What do you mean you'll do it with me? I mean, just what I said. I'm going to college. What do you think? Oh, I think? I think you're nuts. Nuts? Oh, who made the rules? Come here. I'm going to college. Just remember, the best thing about kids is making them. Our banger season continues with a banger guest. I'm Kevin, enrolled with my co-host Jim. Hi. And matriculating with us for the third time, Shane Herman. Yeah. The trilogy. Yes. Made it back. Damn straight. So Shane, a member of the Youngstown Comedy Syndicate, stand-up comedian. What do you got going on? What do you got to plug? Just go on to uh, Youngstown Comedy Syndicate on Facebook, and you'll see where our next shows are as we uh, have them monthly. Yes. It seems like a lot of them are popping up lately, a lot of different locations. So it's not just like killing one venue over and over right. every week. It's it's always moving around. Westside Bowl is another one of our favorite venues. Yeah. We love it over there. It's a great place. You should check it out. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. Unbelievable that we've made it over 100 episodes without covering this absolute classic. A banger in one of Shane's personal favorite movies. I really do love this film. I love anything with Rodney Dangerfield in it. Yes. What about Ladybugs? I do love it. Yeah, I like Ladybugs. <laughs> I do. So it's do I. not horrible. No, it's not at all. We are discussing 1986's Back to School. The comedy was directed by Alan Metter, who unfortunately directed Police Academy Mission to Moscow. Ugh. The Growing Pains movie from the year 2000. Wait a minute. Was Leo in that? I have no idea. There was a Growing Pains movie. There was a Growing Pains movie from DiCaprio. the year 2000. DiCaprio has to be in it then. Was it left behind the Growing Pains saga? <laughs> and cult film Girls Just Want to Have Fun, starring the ensemble cast of oh. Sarah Jessica Parker, yep. Jonathan Silverman, Helen Hunt, Shannon Doherty, and Helen Hunt. Yeah! yeah. My crush from Twister. Woo. To me, this is what I'd refer to as a perfect Sunday afternoon movie, just hanging out on the couch in the early afternoon with back to school on TV. Cause when we grew up, they would put this stuff on some low, like on the dial channel. Right. And oh, it would just yeah. be on like Sunday afternoon. You're just laying on the couch. Now you get a hangover or something. You go out maybe. maybe yeah. Before, I totally agree. And you just lay around all day and watch yeah. this type of movie. This like trading places, a bunch of those. One of the many great things about this movie is the soundtrack, which was a staple for eighties comedies. The Alice Cooper song, The Great American Success Story, was intended to be used for this movie. Its lyrics summarize the plot of the movie, include the line, he don't get no respect, and the chorus begins with, back to school, 
But then it wasn't used for the movie. So now, to anyone who doesn't know, it looks like Alice Cooper was just a huge fan of this movie and he wrote a song about it. I would. I yeah, might, I might yeah. write one. I might write <laughs> my own. He did it for this. He did it for Friday the 13th. That's right. Feed did. My Frankenstein, Wayne's World. We were talking about that pregame in it. Uh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Here are some random facts about Back to School. Filmed at the University of Wisconsin in Madison, which doubled as Grand Lakes University, Diane's house is the same as Laurie Strode's in Halloween. Oh, okay. Okay. The last shot in the opening montage is Rodney Dangerfield golfing, which is literally footage taken from Caddyshack. <laughs> at the door cycle at the dorm party where Derek is messing with the soundboard, the sound effect is the same as the Ghostbusters Proton Packs. <laughs> Both films written by Harold Ramis. Hell yeah. That's right. In the original version of the script, Thornton was supposed to be poor, but Ramis decided it would make a better film if he were rich. And I think that's a good choice. That was the way to go. Oh, yeah. Because it's a much different movie if he's poor. He'd be in community college. Yes. Right. Jim, (laughs) speaking of money, please let us know the budget, box office, along with news and number ones at time of release. WUAB Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Back to School came out June the 13th, 1986 to an $11 million budget and made a whopping $91 million. Damn, did it do good. Kevin, before we go any further, I think we haven't put a bow on it yet, but we want to give somewhat of a final number to Top Gun Maverick. We started this all the way back in May and we did the same thing with Moonfall, so we're going to put a bow on it as of this date. Hey, I uh, I threw 10 bucks in on this, so did I, you? I yeah. saw it once. Yes, yeah, so I saw it once. I saw it twice. My buddy got me like discounted tickets. So. Did you love it? Amazing. It's fucking amazing. So good. As of the date of this recording, Top Gun Maverick has made $1.2 billion. <laughs> Holy shit. Bro. Like Marvel range stuff, it is. Yeah. you know? It, that's, yeah, without a superhero. Yeah. Val Kilmer, of course. Exactly. Who was Batman? Now, the question. Well, Maverick's arguably kind of a superhero. Yeah, pulling tens. He, he can fly. Yeah. Pulling yeah. 600 Gs right. and trying to talk to Zeno. He Zinu. doesn't age ever. He, no. Talks to middle He's a middle tooth. Yeah. He's a thetan. Now, the question is do they make a sequel? There's going to be with that kind of money. They have to, right? And they're bringing Goose back somehow. Oh, God, please. How like, great would that like be? Like Ghost Harold Ramis in Afterlife. <laughs> yes. They're bringing back Ghost Goose. <laughs> yes. Ghost I love Ghost Goose. Ghost Goose is going to be. They're going to have a Ghost Goose. Juice Just call it at Applebee's <laughs> when they promote the film the next time just for call two. It Top Gun Can Ghost, I get some juice. Of Ghost Goose Juice and I'm like sure, and it's just gonna be like a, a Sex on the Beach, but it, they call it Ghost Goose Juice. And you have yeah. to wear a mustache in honor and a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah, and have some sort of rooster involved yeah, with it too. Exactly. Talk to me, Goose. That's right. He's got the uh, <laughs> he's got the EMP the uh, <laughs> the EMP whatever the, the yeah, Goose Supernatural Goosebusters. Yeah, is there gonna be a crossover? I love Goosebusters. <laughs> he gets his revenge on Maverick. Goose That's what you get. I'm afraid of no asshole. goose. Flying makes me feel good. <laughs> oh my god! So right now, I want to hit you a little home video fact, sponsored by the one and only Eagle Video. Looking for a great selection in videos? Come to Eagle Video, conveniently located right inside your neighborhood giant eagle.
Back to the Future is released by MCA Home Video, and it's the first rental price film, $79.95, to sell 450,000 units in the United States and was also the most rented cassette of the year. Unbelievable. Buying that brand new cost you 80 bucks on VHS. What's amazing, my friend used to work at um, Webb's Video. Remember in Howland? Right by where I grew up. Yeah, Webb's Video was on the side. My buddy Chris Baxter, he was there like every day. He worked all the time, so I'd go... I lived right up King's Grave, so I was like, boom. I lived on Raglan. There you go. Yep. I go down there, and he had these magazines that they would would send when they would get the cassettes, and I would just leaf through that, and each cassette would be like $129.95 for one. $99.95 for one. And now we're getting it for a quarter. small little mom and pop. Oh, yeah. I mean, it wasn't much bigger than, I mean, this room. Yeah, it was super small. Was Yeah, and it was just walls, and you'd go in there, like maybe one, possibly two copies. Yeah. But I remember leafing through it, and it was like, that's so And you're so scared if something would happen to that cassette. I was going to say, you remember when Mama Pops (laughs) would try to get anybody, I'd be like, we got one copy right. of Back to the Future. Get there now. And they'd be like, do you want the insurance on this in case you leave it in your car and it melts? And then you owe us $300. It's so, it's for so bizarre. Too. Because like, yeah. yeah, VHS used to cost $75 and stuff. And now I buy them all the time for a quarter. Right. Like um, there's a store out by Wizard of Odds in North Jackson. It used to be an appliance store, but it used to be a video store before that. Okay. And my mom was in there like looking for a stove. This was years ago. And I was like, oh, there's fucking floor to ceiling VHS tapes in there. So I ask him, I'm like, hey, what are those? They're like, we used to be a video store and we just never did anything with them. We just stopped selling and they're just in there. They're like, you can go in there, look through them. I end up finding like all like dudes with Emilio Estevez, like all these like super rare tapes. No kidding. All these like old horror movies and stuff that probably used to retail for like 80 bucks. Oh yeah. And I yeah. got all of them there. I just bring up, I don't know, 40 tapes and they were like, I was like, how much for these? And they're like, five bucks. <laughs> yeah. Does this still exist? I don't know. I went back a couple times it's been a few years this is like xanadu for me i know i think i got xanadu there yeah some of them didn't hold up because you know with vhs tapes they they're not, yeah, yeah they deteriorate now unless you guys are not aware of this because i also before vhs there were ceds and i have a couple ceds myself the final ced the jewel of the nile is released at the same time as back to the future on ced and if you can get back to the future on ced if you find anywhere very pricey no kidding. It, the secondary market for that on C, because it was like the last CED ever made. What is what, what CED? So it basically is like a record. You would slide a cassette into a CED player and then pull it out. And it was only, it was two sided. So then you'd have to put the record back in, take the disc out, flip it, put it in and pull it out. How do I not know of this technology? I will have to show you yeah. after, after we record. Somehow got it's got to be somewhere between cassette and laser disc. It is. Oh, actually, okay. no, it was V it was CD VHS beta CD. Oh, fell this off. came before. Yes. Yeah. Right before. Oh, wow. In like the early seventies. Okay. I was not privy to that. It was. And then the two VHS, that were popular at Eagle Video at the time of release of this movie, National Lampoon's European Vacation and The Goonies. Wow. Was European Vacation really that necessary? It's the worst. It's horrible. It's the worst of the four of them. I remember as a kid, though, you could see boobs in it again. I was like, the boob scene. Yeah. Oh, oh, when they were in Germany? Yes. Yes, the Guten Bits. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Rusty and Audrey, probably the worst of the entire Worst Rusty. Worst Rusty of the entire Anthony Michael Hall was going to be in it, but he already committed 
limited to 16 candles. That's right. So right. that was better for him. Yeah, I would say so. Very. I kind of like that they kept changing to the kids in yeah. every movie. No though. explanation of their no. who these kids are. Their ages <laughs> well, are changing. Said, yeah, it's Vegas uh, Vacation where he says yeah. like you hardly look like yourselves. <laughs> Which I'm glad they played on yeah. it. Kevin, let's throw it over to George, who is a massive fan of National Lampoon's European Vacation. George, what do you think? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. So, guys, George Michael always used to feature a weird game of the world. And today, I give you the national sport of Afghanistan, Buzkashi. Not Bukaki. Oh, Buzkashi. Close your eyes, ladies. In something straight out of Borat, <laughs> Buzkashi is a game similar to polo minus one polo ball plus one dead animal carcass. What? Yes, the object in this one. Did you just hit it with a hammer? Yeah. Yes, the object in this one is to pick up the ravaged body of a calf or goat on horseback, then clear it in the designated scoring area. The calf in a Bukashki game is normally beheaded and disemboweled and has two limbs cut off. It is then soaked in cold water for 24 hours before play to toughen it. Occasionally, sand is packed in to give it extra weight. Though a goat is used when no calf is available, a calf is less likely to disintegrate during the game. While players may not strap the calves to their bodies or saddles, it is acceptable in common practice to wedge the calf under one leg in order to free up the hands. Or you could use a ball. Or you yeah, could it use a ball. It's like a lot to go through. And Maybe normally that's probably where the pigskin came from. Is yeah. like, they're like, we don't need this whole thing. Can't we just take part Why of it? is it all like stories I would hear about a adolescent Jeffrey Dahmer? Like everything yeah, it just does. describes sounds like shit he would do. But to put all of you at ease out there, just rest assured the animal is dead prior to gameplay and is prepared and oh. eaten afterwards. Oh, okay. They're, so just, tender, eat it. they're just tenderizing it yeah. For, yeah, like, they're, for like an hour and a half. Beat it around for a little bit yeah. and then, then cook it. So I'm willing to bet there's probably some sort of ceremony, too, for the animal that's chosen. Yeah, I would assume. So, yeah, that's a hell of a sport. Huge in Afghanistan. And also Mecca, Ohio. Exactly. Out there. We had it here. Did but that the traditional- fireball truck night, I think. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> But they did it with cars and sit on horseback. Or a liberal. Yeah. Very. Yes. The liberal carcass. But uh, here they replaced it with a more PETA-friendly sheepskin-covered ball. Okay. Oh! There we go. So afterwards, we're going to play a little Buzkashi out in the backyard. show you my sheepskin-covered balls. (laughs) Jesus Christ. The number one movie at the time, Top Gun. Whoa. And Kevin, Shane. Full circle. We're going to do something a little different here with your number one songs. These were your number one songs. According to Tobin and Pops, here's your top ten. Up nine at ten, Vienna calling for Fafalco. Patti LaBelle and Michael McDonald go down at nine. Tears for Fears slipping down at number eight. Up two at number seven, Set Me Free, Jackie Graham. Ten years on, the real thing are back in the top ten at six with Can't Get By Without You. Who? Robert Palmer, Addicted to Love, up three at five. All right. Still at four, Peter Gabriel and Sledgehammer. Hell yeah. Up seven at three, I Can't Wait, New Shoes. Oh, yeah. yeah. For the second week at number two, Simply Red, Holding Back the Years. Okay. And for the second week at number one, and live with us in the top of the pop studio, Doctor and the Medics, Spirit in the Sky. Norman Greenbaum they covered cover? Norman Greenbaum cover Spirit in the Sky was number one June 11th 1986 on top of the pops and that's all that was going on on June the 13th 1986 I think I'm attracted to teachers I took out an English teacher that didn't work out at all I sent her a love letter she corrected it 
Until this day, Back to School is the most successful American movie to not get a UK release. Which is crazy. Really? Yeah. Everything oh. else. They had that one British guy in it. Yeah. Every, yeah. There you go. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Everything before. Well, they and snubbed a- that fucker. For everything it. before and after had been uh, released simultaneously in the UK. Back to School never got a UK release. So. <laughs> no respect. There you <laughs> go. You, no I respect. That's exactly what he said. Let's go back into the plot. Thornton Maloney is the son of Italian immigrants who learns the lesson as a child that if a man has no education, he's got nothing. He's obviously Italian. He's very Italian. Yes. Decades later, Thornton changes his last name from Maloney to Mellon and is a successful business owner who has his hands in many business ventures. Hi there. Are you a large person? Pleasantly plump? A little on a hefty side, perhaps? Well, let's face it. Are you fat? When you go jogging, you leave potholes. When you make love, do you have to give directions? At the zoo, do elephants throw you peanuts? Do you look at a menu and say, okay? Well, now you can eat all you want. Because at Thornton Mellon's tall and fat stores, we've got you covered. That's right, fine woolen. And woolen blends suits and sport coats in all the larger sizes. Husky, stout, extra stout. And the new Hindenburg line. And for you ladies, we have caftans, moo-moos, and our own exclusive A-frame in all colors and patterns. Yes, we have miles and miles of fabric. So take it from me, Thornton Mellon. If you want to look thin, you hang out with fat people. After deciding to divorce his cheating wife, Thornton has his bodyguard, Lou, drive him to his son, Jason's college campus. Jason tells his dad that he doesn't like college. Basically, he can't make the swim team. He has no friends except his roommate. Aw. And he wants to drop out. Good. Thornton enrolls alongside Jason to keep him motivated. It takes a bribe of donating money for a new campus building for Thornton to get in. Now we are here to honor our most generous benefactor and newest freshman. The man who's made it possible for us to break ground here today, Mr. Thornton Mellon. Dean Martin, great speech, great speech. There's nothing like good, clean business, huh? And a little monkey business. <laughs> hey, Dean Martin. Yeah. <laughs> you do a great Rodney Dean. Dude, that's that fucking really brilliant. Good. Thornton doesn't really take it serious. He becomes interested in a lit professor named Diane. Jason becomes popular because of his dad's popularity. Thornton is surprised that Diane is failing him and Jason is upset with him because instead of doing the work, he's paying others to do it for him. What's going on here? I'm doing my homework. No, 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 no. They're doing your homework. Jason, a good executive knows how to delegate authority. Yeah, I took care of you, too. What's this? Your astronomy report. What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? I want to write that paper. I'm going to write that paper. See, that's why I'm taking astronomy, is to learn something. You're never going to learn a goddamn thing if you got people doing your work for you. He doesn't think Diane should fail him since they're kind of starting a fling. Diane. In true college movie fashion, Thornton is going to be kicked out of school unless he passes an oral exam given by all of his professors. Jason helps him prepare and he passes. Do not go gentle into, into, into that good night. Old age should burn in rage at, at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang the sun in flight and learned too late. They grieved it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. 
brave men, near death, who see with blinding sight. Blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of a light. And you, my father, there in the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gently to that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Thornton, what does that poem mean to you? It means I don't take shit from no one. I'm going to pass this test. I'm staying in school. The same day Jason has the championship dive meet, he performs well, but his bully fakes a cramp to sabotage the team. Thornton becomes a last-minute replacement. Coach Turnbull, you got another eligible diver? Fellas! We need you! Get your suit on! What? Oh, not a chance. What a shape. I mean, you could donate my body to science fiction. Get your suit on! We need you! Come on, pals. Come on, show them what you got. Come on. Performs the legendary mythical triple Lindy, Lindy dive. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. At the end of the school year, Thornton gives the commencement speech. Let's move on to characters. Rodney Dangerfield as Thornton Mellon. Sa- Sally Kellerman as Dr. Diane Turner. Burt Young as Lou. Keith Gordon as Jason Mellon. Robert Downey Jr. as Derek Lutz. Paxton Whitehead as Dr. Philip Barbet. Sam Kinison as Professor Turgeson. So <laughs> the best. Producers really wanted Jim Carrey. Crazy with that. He was too young at the time to be a believable professor. Bob Saget was also considered. You know, all three of those gentlemen, Rodney Dangerfield, young comedian specials. That's where they got their starts. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. Yep. Terry Farrell as Valerie Desmond. M. Emmett Walsh as Coach Turnbull. (laughs) Say Eminem. Eminem. (laughs) M. Emmett Walsh is that guy you watch him and we go, oh, that guy. Perfect that guy. Like Kurt Fuller. Adrian Barbeau as Vanessa Mellon. William Zabka as Chaz Osborne. He improved a bunch of comedy, which they removed. He wanted in on the comedy and they told him he was too likable and funny and they were only interested in him being the guy from the karate kid the dick he's, that's what but, they told him the, but in this one though dick to be quite honest with you though he was asshole he was an underwhelming asshole yeah. in this though yeah, yeah it wasn't all he wasn't karate face. kid level I, johnny i wondered if that was because like i said he he, this is all they you know had yeah he wanted to be funny and they were like no you're not you're not funny it's not where we hired you ned Beatty as dean martin and We'll mention Kurt Vonnegut as himself. So which yes. actor or actress gives a past performance? Does any non-lead character steal scenes? I would just think with M.M. Walsh, he has the most extensive of all resumes. Dude. Like he, he was been in over 200 it's incredible. movies and TV shows. And like you said, if you see that guy. I think, um, obviously, Robert Downey Jr. Nice look. What are you going for, the uh, heavy disassociated artist thing or the I'm going blind thing? Huh? Oh, it's the death thing. Oh! This will cheer you up. Oh, do me! Derek, get up, will you? You look like the poster boy for birth control. Yeah, that's exactly for, who for I, this. Who for I me, yep. he's hilarious. And this is right when he started really, you only knew him for like comedy. Oh, yeah. He was he did weird science I think before this it was right before yes he this. did he yeah did he weird did science and he ended up doing a season with Anthony Michael Hall of uh, Saturday Night Live that's right they only did one season together now here to review William F Buckley's latest opus hijinks 
are our literary correspondents, Robert Downey and Michael Hall. Gentlemen. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you very much. Uh, for openers, I must say that I was a bit confused, and I don't want to say that I didn't enjoy Mr. Buckley's book, but it, uh, it did seem to have a certain, uh, certain... Yeah, Chaz was kind of like super smart ass. Yeah. He's, he's the second banana that, yeah. you, that really got more. Well, his... he, he boycotts the football team, which make him up. But he, because uh, <laughs> there's like an analogy about football being like nuclear war. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's the whole thing. The great thing about RDJ was the fact he went from weird science, this, the one season of SNL. And then we get into the, hey, I really like cocaine. Let's do a movie about it. Less than zero with Andrew McCarthy. Yes. And then Robert Downey Jr. went down that path. Right. Yes, he did. Way down and that path. And thankfully, he came back. He did, right. which and he's fucking awesome. Iron Man. Right. And he's Tony Stark. I love you 3000. So since we all picked Robert Downey Jr., the weird thing about Rodney Dangerfield, and I think we've brought this up in the past. So Rodney Dangerfield was in a movie called The Killing in 1956, uncredited. He was in a movie called The Projectionist in 1971. But Caddyshack 1980, he was like the jumping off point. He was oh, big time. 50, oh, yeah. 59 years old. Right. <laughs> God. Right. And then yeah. did Easy Money Back to School moving. He's uncredited and moving, so you basically don't count it. There's Rover Dangerfield. I don't know what that I is. I remember that. That was, was an animated, animated uh, okay. dog. Yeah. And uh, Moving was the Richard Pryor film, was okay. it? I believe yeah, so, yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Ladybugs. Then he basically has an uncredited cameo in Natural Born Killers. Cool. Same with Cast. Which is super dark. Wally Sparks. Meet Wally Sparks. Super dark in Natural uh, Born Killers. Oh, yeah. But like, and pretty much he did a cameo in Little Nicky. But other than that, I mean, that's pretty much like he didn't have much of a film career but like i said he didn't start really until he was 59 years old he was more of like a pop culture phenomenon yeah. he had a lot of hbo oh, specials like, like that record i showed you right rapping rodney yeah come so, on all right well speaking of rodney dangerfield someone go ahead and kick us off with best scenes shano you always like a good fight scene oh <laughs> yeah. yes a movie like this and like they're in the bar oh, hanging out on the mine hey look you know who I am? Um, let me see. Um, protruding superorbital ridges, small cranium, uh, 1300cc brain, hmm, Neanderthal man. You, I went to the college mother. You tell her he's never coming home. Oh, hold it, hold it. Mm -hmm. You sure you even got the right guy? I mean, look how many people got blue hair these days, you know? Shut up, meathead. Hey, take it easy, will you? I mean, the war's over. Get new parts for your head. Yeah? Want to make something of it? Oh, no, no, I never get physical. I just get upset. When I get upset, hey, he gets physical. You got a problem? <laughs> no, I've got a problem. Now you do. I believe the, the quote was, Hey, bartender, bring a pitcher of beer every five minutes until someone passes out, and then bring one every two minutes. All right. <laughs> Which, I, they, like, jacked that straight up in Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, they did. Matthew McConaughey says the same thing with the yes. martinis. Yes, he does. He says, I do uh, recall yeah, that. bring one every ten minutes when somebody passes out, bring them every seven minutes, whatever it is. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're gonna bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're gonna bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes the fuck out. But it's like the same thing. But that whole fight starts because Derek, Derek. is gonna boycott the pep rally. Yeah. 
He comes into the bar. The football team follows him into the bar. They threw like this green paint on him to yeah. represent toxic waste. But you have to give Derek as a character so much credit. He stands up to these jocks and he's just a fucking, he stands up. He's to the always up in the face. Yeah, he is. Yes. Well, it's Love it. Thornton's bodyguard. Oh, who, Uncle Polly. Yeah. Burt Young. Good old Do we Pauly. have a problem? And he says, no, no problem. And he goes, well, we do now or whatever. And it starts this whole big, very stereotypical melee. 80s melee bar fight. Bottles being thrown. People getting slid which, down the which bar. The, the bullies come in uh, to Roddy Dangerfield, you know, and he's like, yeah, you have a problem? And he's like, who, me? No, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Lou? Lou's a fighter. And Luke stands up, this big, burly, dirty, kind of looked like an Artie Lang yeah. character. Burt Young looked like Burt Young in every movie he ever did. <laughs> and he grabs the napkin dispenser and just crushes it with his hand. And this is the same man who is Paulie and Rocky for fuck the robot. <laughs> he fucked that robot. I don't care what fuck anybody says. So my first one, Fort meets Professor Turgeson. Oh, I didn't know you wanted to get involved with the discussion, Mr. Helper. But since you want to help, maybe you can help me, okay? You remember that thing we had about 30 years ago called that Korean conflict? Yeah, where we failed to achieve victory. How come we didn't cross the 38th parallel and push those rice eaters back to the Great Wall of China and take the first brick and nuke them back into the fucking Stone Age River? How come? Tell me why? Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Because Truman was too much of a pussy wimp to let MacArthur go in there and blow out those cummy bastards. Good answer. Good answer. Yeah, because oh. Turgeson gets into the face of one of those students and they're just overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, Turgeson gets in his face and he just fucking yells and starts, we should have got those motherfuckers or something <laughs> like that. Oh my God, was it so good? Because all of a sudden you see Turgeson back and go, yeah, you're right about that. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love San Kimison. Rest in peace, cocaine. Well, I'm glad it fell to me. The party with Oingo Boingo. The best. <laughs> An all-time uh, rager. Uh, and you know, you see... Best uh, dorm room ever. Diane and, and Philip pull up and you see the parties kind of spilled out onto the yard and the cops show up and, and Philip's like, oh, finally. Listen to that racket. This is disgraceful. I should phone security. Oh, but then the cops are carrying cases of beer up to this party. You literally have Oingo Boingo performing. Uh, You've got the hot tub. Dead man's party. Yeah, dead man's party. They've got the big upgraded dorm room, the three dorm rooms yeah. in one. Yeah, it's just an awesome college party. It's weird, though, because I think Oingo Boingo, specifically Danny Elfman, does not get the amount of credit that he deserves, what he's contributed to Hollywood movies alone. It's true. Batman 89. Batman theme is oh. because of Danny Elfman. Nightmare Before Christmas. Danny I mean, Elfman. Danny Elfman. Right. The Simpsons theme. Like a ton Beetle of juice. movie themes. Beetlejuice. Yes. Like anything with Tim Burton. And you know what else doesn't get enough credit is the drummer's haircut. Oh my God. You are right. He looks like uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Shane, what do you got next? What else comes to your mind about BTS? Not the Korean band, the movie. No, oh, okay, because that's the only one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Keith Gordon, man. What's going on? I'm leaving. I'm sorry, Jason. This college thing was a big mistake. So you're going to give up? I can't win. They want me to take oral exams in all my subjects. 
If I don't take them, they're going to kick me out. And if I take them, who knows where they'll kick me? <laughs> hey, Dad, you remember what you told me when I told you I wanted to quit, huh? You told me that a man without an education is nothing. I can't do it, Chase. You can do anything you want to do. You can do anything you want in life. Remember, you're a melon. Oh. Keith Gord was such an underrated actor. The funniest thing, I wanted to show you this because I'm not okay. lying. 12 years ago, I wrote, I'm proclaiming today National Keith Gordon Appreciation Day. Holy shit, that literally was 12, 12 wow. years ago. Years Facebook ago. Facebook memories. I brought it up there and it says Thornton Mellon's son, the geek who restored Christine, one of the sailing teens trying to make it to the cable junction while avoiding a great white shark and the rich kid who aided fugitive Billy Jean. He is the unsung right. hero of the 1980s. 80s happy NKGAD. Holy shit, Kevin. I totally forgot we covered Billy Jean when Keith Gordon yeah. was the guy to help Billy Jean become Billy fucking Jean. Right. He was the rich kid, man. He's always like there. I mean, not, I think maybe Christine's probably his best role. He was okay as a son. He's kind of like the geeky, kind of like introverted. But. He gets Valerie Desmond. Kind of sad because like he, so he's in back school in 86. He was also in a movie. Sounds like I would like called combat Academy. And then he's in three years later, an episode of Miami vice. <laughs> oh, you know, I love my Miami. Vice. But then that it's like, great. he has like six more acting credits in his, in 2009, he was an, on an episode of Dexter. Like what happened? Is just he still trying to act or he just does it every yeah. once in a while for fun? Because there's so many of these eighties actors that are kind of the same thing. They just like fall off the face of the earth kind of pop up every once in a while. And Zapka's another one that was in this movie. Yeah. Jim, what, what did you have next? So like I mentioned briefly before, Barbe hates this guy because he literally bought his way into an education, bought his way into school. When Barbe is getting his whole speech about what makes a successful business, he's going like for the book verbatim what you need to do. And then you have Rodney sitting in the back, very cavalier. Oh, you left out a bunch of stuff. Oh, really? Like what, for instance? Well, first of all, you're going to have to grease the local politicians for the sudden zoning problems that always come up. That is the kickbacks to the carpenters. And if you plan on using any cement in this building, I'm sure the teams would like to have a little chat with you. And that'll cost you. Oh, and don't forget something for the building inspectors. Then there's a long-term cost, such as waste disposal. I don't know if you're familiar with who runs that business, but I assure you it's not the Boy Scouts. That'll be quite enough, Mr. Mellon. Maybe bribes and kickbacks and mafia payoffs are how you do business but they are not part of the legitimate business world. Well, first you got to do is you got to get a contractor friend. Then you got to pay them off to make sure the city doesn't come after you. Contradiction throughout this whole movie, especially how it needles Barbe, because the actor who plays Barbe, fucking spot on. Once again, he's another, yes. oh, that guy. It's another, they call it with the Caddyshack, oh, it was uh, the slobs versus the snobs. Yeah. Yes. It yes, was, was. was kind of like, he was a self-made man. Like Thornton Mellon was an uneducated person, blue collar guy. He yeah. came up and made something of himself. This guy's highly educated, gone through, obviously probably has his master's mm -hmm. or PhD yeah. in this subject. He's like, I do this every day. Yeah. You're sitting here telling kids how to do it. I did it. And this was his second movie, Back to School. He was also in my favorite rendition of Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi 87, in Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> And he was also in Rover Dangerfield as well. Really? He's been out of acting since 2011. wonder if he was a stand-up comedian, Rodney. I would have loved it. He's still with us. He was born in 37. He's still with us. All right. Oh, hell yeah. Pax Whitehead. So I've got the other iconic scene, I guess, which is the triple indie. What dive is he going to do? The triple indie. 
triple Lindy. So Ronnie Dangerfield really was an acrobatic high diver when he was young. And it also seems to be a good time to mention that young Thornton Mellon was a truck driver just as Rodney Dangerfield was when he was younger. Relatable character. So the triple Lindy, when... His son is trying out for the diving team. He's the towel boy. But when his son's trying to make the team, you know, Roddy's talking to the coach and he's like, hey, your son's pretty good. And he says, yeah, I taught him myself. And he said, oh, where did you dive? And he said, I used to be part of the, the was it the New Jersey Pier yeah, show? Or something like that, yeah. yeah. And he goes, there was this guy who used to do the most spectacular dive called the Triple Indy. And he said, well, that was oh, me. That was me. So basically the Triple Indy is... You got to use three diving boards. Use three diving boards. You like do a backflip off one onto the other, bounce in place, like onto the other, and then into the pool. He gets pulled out of the stands because basically when the bully played by William Zabka, he fakes a cramp because he yep. wants, he like tries to purposely sabotage his team. So Thornton gets pulled out of the crowd, puts his gear on, which he dives in like a shirt and shorts. Gotta love the shape he's in for it's that. Like the, yeah, it's like the one piece. Oh yeah. Like Full Baywatch. Leotard from like 1952 oh, yeah. you see like someone and, and then the other underrated part of the scene and I'm sure they did it on purpose is that the stunt double you see that the hairpiece <laughs> Bouncing up and down on his head love as he's it. diving. So it would have been even as he's slow-mo spinning. Yeah. yeah. What I would love are the either a police reports or medical reports. When this movie came out, how many people tried to do Attempt the triple Indy, Indy either at a public pool or a college pool? <laughs> because you sure as hell and know. Died. I bet somebody died for sure. Oh, oh definitely. Because I know somebody who got paralyzed trying to surf on top of the van like Teen Wolf. Because like they styles? were just yeah, like styles. Fuck. Because Teen Wolf just shows people doing backflips and stuff yeah. on top of a moving van. So this kid, he lives out near Columbia, and we were talking about Tried to do it, fell off the band, broke his neck, Jesus. and got paid like he's uh, in a wheelchair. But anyhow. He still wears a shirt that says, what are you looking at, dick Yeah, he does. <laughs> I'd like a keg of beer. Uh, anyway, he so somebody for sure tried to do the triple indie. When they landed on the second diving board, probably slipped. Biffed. Biffed, yeah. missed, hit half of Knocked it. Knocked some teeth out. Could you yeah. imagine like the 911 call? Hey, Cheryl, we got another triple Indy again. <laughs> Fucking blew a leg off. Okay, so the other one I wanted to mention, Thornton's first day of class. So, <laughs> which was, you mentioned in Phillip's class, he schools him about business. In Turgeson's class, he Being you mentioned that. But he also, in Diane's class, oh, Sally Keller, she man. reads James Joyce. And Gibraltar as a girl, or I was a flower of the mountain. Yes, when I put the rose in my hair like the Andalusian girls used. Or shall I wear red? Yes. And how he kissed me under the Moorish wall and I thought, well, as well him as another. And then I asked him with my eyes to ask again, yes. And then he asked me, would I yes to say yes, my mountain flower? And first I put my arms around him, yes. And drew him down to me so he could feel my breasts all perfumed, yes. And his heart was going like mad and yes, I said, Yes, I win. Yes. And he stands up and goes, Yes! Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Because I think he came. Yeah, he gets like really into it. I, it's pretty funny, everything that happens. Now, let's round table question real quick. Sally Kellerman for me was my first ever MILF affirmation. Like, oh my God, she is the ultimate. You didn't like Sally Kellerman? Mm -hmm. Here's how I know Sally I Kellerman. Not, yeah, she I was, wasn't huge. I liked like her Gary voice. She had a, her voice was sultry. Very, yes. This is not where I found Sally Kellerman for the first time. My first time 
was Meatballs Part 3. There you go. I thought you were going to say Match the Motion Picture, but no. <laughs> no, Meatballs you, you, Part you, 3. You, you said a real classic. The unknown Part Corey Feldman, Feldman vehicle. Yeah. yeah. Looks like what I affectionately refer to as she looks kind of like a Land of Confusion puppet. What? From the <laughs> Genesis Oh, you're crazy. I think she's gorgeous. I see that. The other thing I want to mention before we move on is the Kurt Vonnegut side plot. Hi. I'm Kurt Vonnegut. I'm looking for Thornton Mellon. Uh, want to come in? Dad? But you're not going to pass my course by turning in someone else's work. What do you think? Someone else wrote this? Look, all I know is that you didn't, and that's what disappoints me. Tell you something else, whoever did write it doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. And another thing, Vonnegut, I'm going to stop payment on a check. What's that? Fuck me. Hey, Kurt, you read lips... Fuck you. Love Which it. is pretty funny. We've brought that up on here before where, you know, they have to do a paper on Kurt Vonnegut. So Thornton hires literally Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> and Diane's like, this person doesn't know the first thing about Kurt Vonnegut. And he gets like an F even though Kurt Vonnegut wrote Did it. Yeah, it's pretty funny. He didn't go to that Kurt Vonnegut workshop. No, like Preston he didn't take did the bullet train, <laughs> the, the red eye bullet train. Yeah. He's my hero, yeah. the Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> Definitely a swimming pool in this one. I think, yeah, the swimming so, pool. But after the triple Indy, everybody got to get out. Hey, what am I going to do? I'm going to do the triple Indy. Shane, do it better. Hey, triple Indy. Brilliant. All right. <laughs> oh, wait, and there's also a hot tub. Yeah, yeah there's a hot tub. Yeah. The hot tub or Diane. Hey, these girls are into marine biology. Yeah, he was diving. You, uh, help me with you. It's an indoor gonna, pool, an outdoor pool, a hot tub. You're help me with my long fellow. And he says, uh, <laughs> what's a hot tub without bubbles? Bubbles, bubbles. come get in here. <laughs> So this is kind of an abstract avant-garde pool check, but we are going to do just the best things about back to school time, going back to school memories, um, memories, that sort of thing. Now I can remember one of my first days, this was first grade. I think it was like my first or second day back. My mom got me an 18 belt from Murphy's Mart on Elm road. It's cool. It's leather Brown. Oh, Okay. I remember, remember those like elastic ones that kind of had just like a weird clasp. Yeah. Yeah. It's I not that. Masters of oh, Universe yeah. ones of those. This was a leather one with almost a Texas size belt buckle. So we're waiting in line, bathroom break. It's right after lunch. I can't get the belt off. The belt is stuck and I got to piss. I have my teacher trying to get my belt off pants wise. Couldn't get it. Called the principal. The principal is in the hallway trying to undo my belt. Can't get the belt off. They had to call my mom. My mom came down. Had to cut the belt off of me. Oh no! To use the bathroom. Why? Because I, I had to, I was starting to piss myself. But it was like a faulty belt buckle. Like, it was somehow I don't know what it was. Self aware uh, and it may, just may could not pull it. I had a grown man. Like it's uh, user malfunction. A yeah. fifty year old man and a teacher. Mrs. Homa tried to get my belt off, could not work. You could have sued them and then you would be set yeah. today. Could. Nice. It's very school true. The school sued the school system. And yeah. the weird thing about this story is too, I told this story at my mom's funeral in a church. <laughs> It's a God honest truth because the sister who was there, who runs into my dad from time to time down at church, always says, how's your son doing? That was one of the funniest stories I ever heard 
and albeit at a funeral procession. She's like, does he still have that belt? Because it's worth like mad. Dude, money. it was an awesome belt. I kept the belt buckle. It's in my parents' basement. Okay, but, at least you have that. Yeah, but had to surgically cut off a belt. Second day of school. So I, I'll go next and I'll say best things about going back to school is seeing everyone's new clothes, new shoes and oh, new haircuts. Yeah. 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 I love when you walk into the first day and everybody's got like the, you know, bright white shoes and a brand new jeans. A and great outlook on life. And on the first day itself, everybody wants to like dress to impress. Oh, yeah. I always liked the college version of this because when you go back to like on campus for the first day, no one seemingly had very many clothes on because I was always like nice on campus. So it was always great. But I I loved that. It's like some, you know, Jojo got a dicked up haircut or something. (laughs) And like, that was always fun. Get your Tommy Hill figures ready. Talked about this in my act just recently. Like mine was always going back to school, but like I literally went to school in the eighties. Like I was born in 73 through elementary school up into high school. I'm basically the whole eighties. And mine was being like a portly overweight kid. So I would always try to like wear the same eighties fashions as my, as my my, my thinner counterparts were the parachute pants, mm-hmm. the Michael Jackson zipper jackets. And I remember one time I told my mom we were JC Penney's and JC Penney's had back then it still does. Oh, two, two levels. Stories. So we'd go up the elevator, and that's where the young man's department was. And we go up there, and I remember I saw this. Uh, and this is going to bring you back to Miami Vice. All right. I get up there. I see this this mannequin, and it has the Don Johnson oh, white wow. jackets, rolled up sleeves, a pastel pink. Oh, and yeah. The other one had a pastel blue. The best. And I told my mom. I want that. And my mom's like, Are you sure? <laughs> Which is like, Yeah. You're too fat for that? No. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, yeah, I definitely, you know, Miami Vice was the, but they had that, that soundtrack was oh, banger. Like, it was one, one of the ones that was like on the billboard. I think one, the number one. It went to number the, one. The theme song did, and that didn't happen since like Welcome Back Cotter or some shit. Yeah. So I like put it on so confident. So confident when I'm putting it on. <laughs> Looking myself in the mirror, my boat shoes with no socks, and I show up to school. And oh, I, you did? I show up to school, man, and I, I get off the bus. I already, it was dirty already. Somehow I brushed up against something like the outside the bus, and there's like black shit on the back of it, and just the laughs. Uh, just the laughs. And hey, Crockett. And you remember, oh, please tell you me remember, no one called you Crockett and Tubby. Oh. Even, <laughs> even better. When I show up, who else? In, 1980s used to wear all white suits. Boss Hog. That's oh, who fucking else. No. Oh, no. You think I got Sonny Crockett? No. Or Boss Hog Boss that Hog. day. So, yeah, that's one I remember just always like parachute pants, the studded bracelets and belt combo. Oh. If you. <laughs> Recall that, but I also had the Michael Jackson zipper jacket. It was all black. I didn't have the red one. I had the you didn't wear the glove, one. did you? I did not. I did uh, not pull a wedding singer. Shit, you're almost <laughs> full Glengulia. <laughs> but I do remember that. Like that's burned into my brain forever. I miss those days of going like on shopping trips with my parents, like the Eastwood Mall. Yeah, and literally those front windows. Like, oh, the sign of times. I mean, I was born in '81, and I'm the '90s kid. You know, yeah. Kevin and I basically are the '90s kids through there. Right. Fucking Zach Morris came out. Yep. Wanted the haircut, get the hair dyed, get the sweaters. Was there a chess king still around when you were? I'm pretty damn uh, sure there I, was yeah. still that chess I, king in the mall. I was thin until I broke my arm about in fifth grade, and then it became a lot of like husky jeans for a while. Yeah, the cords, like the cords. Yeah. It's it's like other kids were still wearing like 12s, and here I am in like a 32 or whatever, you know. <laughs> wearing like, man pants. Yeah, I had to wear man pants. It was pants. bad. Like sixth grade, I remember one of my first days of sixth grade, Tommy Hilfiger was the rage. So I wore Tommy Hilfiger button up slacks 
penny loafers. I'll never forget that. Seventh grade year, right before seventh grade starts, puberty smacks me in the fucking face like a brick. Next thing you know, I got titties. <laughs> I'm fucking fat. You sound nice. You sound like you got a nice pair of them fucking baloney tits. I remember being right. in PE trying to do chin ups. I couldn't do one chin up. No, Everybody's calling me there. fat ass. Eighth grade year, it all fell off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I looked like Ellen DeGeneres my <laughs> freshman year of high school. Almost Peter Cetera esque. Beautiful. Fuck. So many good memories. So many I bad have, memories. Uh, so Shane mentioned JCPenney, and we we're, were talking about going back to school shopping. I don't know if, like, if you guys remember this, but if you'd go to the mall and you'd spent so much money and you had the receipts, you got the special back to school jam CD. Oh yeah. I remember that. It was oh. like a sampler CD. It had like 10 or 12 the hits of the time. on it, but they weren't the good songs. They were like the B sides. They were B sides and like <laughs> artists you never heard of. But I remember being so excited to, because like, I always like had an appreciation just like for Menudo. Just like, yeah, yeah. For just like bad shit. stuff. So I was like, I can't wait to get that CD oh my and God. just hear how bad it was. It wouldn't be Marky and, Mark and uh, a funky bunch of good vibrations to no. be their other well song. they had the puppies funky y2c which was like there's like a video of like little kids twerking it's very uncomfortable oh God. but i can just remember like you'd gather the receipts you'd go to like the mall service desk you'd show them the receipts and they'd be like here you go fucking idiot <laughs> yeah, like, fun with this this. Shit. another thing with the back to school which is kind of tied in but it was all because it was always fall they would always come out with the new saturday morning cartoon oh, lineups yeah. Be with movie superstar Macaulay Culkin as Wish Kid, Yogi Bear in his all new Yo Yogi cartoons, and the coolest cats in a litter box from beyond. Saturday mornings this fall, if you want to be with the best cartoons, just say, I want to be on NBC. And that was like, there was only like ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it. And this is back when like cartoons would start at like 6 a.m. Yeah. and go until like 11. Oh, yeah. And every network had like Thunder the Barbarian and Scooby Doo action, big time, Bugs Bunny. And then they'd be like the Happy Days. Yep. There's a Happy Days ripoff. They would go into, they could time travel. Oh, yeah. And like the Vern and Shirley were like in the army for some yeah. reason. The Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah. That and was another be, one. Yeah. But I remember going to McDonald's and they would have this placemat when they had placemats like yeah. on the trays and it would show you every network and what that's awesome what, what time next. it was and when it were coming I want one of those and I just remember so excited like because I know back to school I'm like the new cartoon yeah. lineups are coming out oh my god remember how great Saturday morning cartoons they were the be? best just, not just cartoons like oh. Saved by the Bell at yeah. 10 o'clock California yeah. Dreams at 10 30 City Guys at 11 yeah. And don't forget about NBA inside stuff at noon. Yeah. Plus Superhost back in the day, which was like there's this local guy from the Cleveland market who would dress up as a superhero. Oh, just Saturday on our show. The original Frankenstein made in 1932 with Boris Karloff and Colin Klein. And it was called Superhost. And he had like the background was like a, a cinema. Would this he, be on the vein of like Big Chuck and Little John type? Yes, stick? but it was always on. It started at like noon and went to like 2 or 3 okay. p.m. every Saturday. And he'd show like old Abbott and Costello yeah. and Three Stooges and right. Godzilla movies and stuff like that. And that was something else. Like after soccer, like on Saturday, HAC soccer. You'd yeah. Oh, I remember. I, leftover pizza from the night before and like watch I, I Dracula really, versus the real, Wolfman yeah. or some shit. Missed stuff like that. I mean, that goes 
goes in the vein of like saying like watching back to school on a Sunday afternoon. Right. Our Sunday afternoon movie brought to you by Kroger's. <laughs> edited, edited for television. Yeah. Right. And it's very edited for television. And then it's just, you just sit there and watch back to school. And like the big Chuck and little John uh, movie is the same thing. Yeah, like same thing. We'll return shortly with collision course. And then have you know? some sort of big Chuck and little John skin yeah. with that backing laugh track. <laughs> Which is legendary. I just yes. miss that stuff so much. Variety. That's Same. why, like, when I find recorded Paul Thomas Anderson's dad. Yeah. Uh, when I find VHS tapes that are like taped from television, the best. Those are great because you watch them and you, every once in a while, you get lucky and somebody's like included the commercials. I or, literally found one that I was taping like an MTV countdown from like 1991 and I just let it run. Yeah. And I went back and it had like commercials for McMenamin's Teen Dance Center oh, and there. local was. commercials. And it was like, this is the best. Yeah, that's he watches a bunch of that stuff on YouTube. And I was like, oh, I forgot up seven up had that dot. Yeah. Well, that like there's these channels. I want to do a shout out to like 80s commercial vault on YouTube. It's nothing but commercials from given years, given oh, months. And you it. just sit there for 15 minutes at a clip. He has over 900 volumes now. Excuse me, are those bugable jeans you're wearing? I also, best. I mean, this isn't as much back to school, but like leading up to back to school and when channels would have summer programming. So like MTV would have like MTV. TV summer beach house. They have sandblast. It's, it's like the VJs got to go home for the yeah. summer and they would just like have certain title cards and stuff. And then like Nickelodeon would play, they'd have face and then they'd play all the cartoons and stuff. It's awesome. I just miss it. Yeah. And the kids will never experience this no. nowadays. It's dead and gone. So something else I want to mention, new students, you'd go back to school the first day. Who the fuck is this kid? And yeah. And you're like, <laughs> is this kid like cool? Does he suck? Where did he come from? my locker. He's from, yeah. my, he's from yeah. another school. Yeah. Used to go to Niles. Or don't ever forget about when you would get the foreign exchange student kid who had no idea what he was walking yeah. into yeah. at no. all. And unfortunately, you look back on it now, it's like those sort of kids are bullied so oh, yeah. bad. Yeah. We had a Brazilian on our soccer team named, uh, I'll just shout him out. He's not listening. Freddie Barbosa. And Freddie. Barbosa! Uh, That's he, a great uh, 80s name for a but villain. But he lived with this kid who had four sisters. And like he, he impregnated was, all of he them. He was stealing their underwear and bras and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, but one day I remember Very practice good. in, you know, like his Portuguese accent. And he was saying like, American breasts are big and jumbly and Brazilian breasts are small. And like, I got to remember what word he used. But like him trying to like, give us a breakdown of like international titties it's like that's what he came here for like he came here to be a foreign exchange student and he's just immediately sidetracked by big tits I, a that's the american way yeah. the american dream he really. an american real <laughs> Pretty fast much. yeah i will also say one specific not just a, a generalization of going back to school is i would always get anxiety about going back to school you yeah know, obviously like you're counting down the days but like not out loud and you're kind of like shit i got six days left before we go back i gotta get up early I, yeah this is gonna suck i don't want to go back what am i gonna wear the first day so you get all this anxiety. Look at so, this zit. I got to get some clear sill. I think it was dry. He was either my, for the bus. Either my junior year or senior year. Shout out Jamie Grant. We went to a local show at the VFW in Austin town, right off of Mahoning Avenue there. And I want to say we saw like coin monster. I don't know who was playing, but it was like local bands. We saw three or four local bands and stuff. And I'm just enjoying this concert. It's a Sunday night. And I'm like, oh, this is, you know, this is fun. We're staying out, whatever. We're going to go home. Well, about, I don't know, maybe 10 o'clock or something. Me and Jamie, like in between bands, start talking about going back to school. And I'm like, yeah, it sucks. I'm not really ready to go back and stuff. And then somewhere in that conversation, I realized 
I thought school started the next Sunday. Oh, it started the next morning. Oops. I had oh, nothing. Shit, I had like nothing ready to go. <laughs> I had like none of the stuff I needed. Oh my shit's wrinkled. So I'm like probably wear clothes from last year. Yeah. So I'm probably watching whoever the headliner like headliner is. And I'm like, just fuck. I gotta go to school in the morning. This sucks. Like that was terrible. And. You went back to school and it was uneventful. And because when you're in high school, I mean, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I remember that uh, me and my buddy Dan Campano, the first day of senior year, we went to the Canfield Fair, which was always oh, yeah. after Canfield was fair was over. You knew the next day, yeah, which wasn't a Monday, which yours was always Labor you're Day. You're off yeah. a week. That Tuesday, yeah. yeah, you got like yeah four days, then you fucking go back. Why did we go back to school before Labor I Day? I never understood. Well, now they're going back to school like the second, third week yeah. of August. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you know, next uh, we're gonna go like one last hurrah, go up there, you know, walk around Canfield Fair. Well, we're from like Howland, and this is the first time we'd ever drove like to Canfield area. Yeah, it's a road trip, and this is before GPSs. Sure, know, we didn't have like a road atlas. No so map we quest. Went up there, and we got there, and like, okay, it's dark out. We got lost. <laughs> we're literally driving around like, look, it's Big Ben Parliament in that oh, big, big time. roundabout, yeah. and like going different ways, and like fucking lost. And we had no cell phones back yeah. then. This is nineteen ninety. September 1990. So finally we get home. He, we find our way home and it's like, I'm not shitting you. Like we left thing at like eight, nine o'clock. <laughs> it's like, Oh, we're approaching midnight. Uh, <laughs> we had been driving Forever, around lost hours, in three hour drive from Canfield. <laughs> Mind you, it's about a 20 minute drive. Oh yeah. we get home. Parents, neither our parents believe us. Where the fuck were you? What yeah. were you doing? Yeah. You know, you have school tomorrow. We both got grounded for like a week because we're too stupid to find our way home. <laughs> you couldn't Canfield. find a Canfield fair. Bullshit. Anybody, else have any back to school type things the other one out in the midwest especially some people like jim will say the hot weather's almost over thank i know you always look forward to that i hate it worst and then some people would say high school football's back oh there's a lot of adults who unfortunately live through their kids revolve a little bit that's, too much that's a lot that. of that in West Texas, I believe. It's yeah. like this here, dude. It's like the in, last in one Western out of town. In Western PA, too. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. All Football right, let's, and wrestling uh, for some reason. Get our t-shirt and shorts back on and get in the pool. Get your ass in the pool, chest. Excuse me, Dr. Barasini. I'm Thornton Mellon. Oh, uh, yes, Thornton Mellon. I know you. You delivered the paper on isomagnetic brainwaves at Montreal last year. No, I sold you your pants. Oh, of course. <laughs> good to see you. What are you doing here? I'm supposed to report here for my lab project. Oh, good. I'm trying to teach these here apes how to read and write. You ought to teach them how to go to the bathroom. That's the first thing you ought to do. All right, so for the critical question, a different type of back-to-school question, could you see yourself ever going back to school again? Specifically college. I'm not saying, like, the Billy Madison thing. Like, go back to kindergarten? Yeah, get arrested. Not the John Cryer hiding out. Oh, Oh, Kevin and I talk about this movie all the time. (laughs) Maxwell Hauser. Well, Hauser. You mean like high school or no? I mean like college. Like, oh no. Could you ever see yourself? Way too much fucking time. I I think back about now. I was like, no, because I actually went to college. Like, what did you people say? What did you you do in the nineties? I'm like, I literally went to fucking college. Yeah. I went to my freshman year in 91. I was at Bowling Green from 91 to 96. And I'm like, oh, I got to transfer and get out of here. So I came back to YSU and I finished up. I believe I graduated in like 98. Maybe. So you did the draws from PCU thing. No. I pretty much did. Everybody and goes then, to college for seven years. And then I went back to college again for like theater classes. Okay. And then I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. I don't want to do this. So I stopped doing that. And then I went back again to try to get another degree. And I did it for like, I got loans and uh, I did it for like a 
fucking a semester and a half. I'm like, yeah, no, this fucking sucks. I'm too old to do this shit. Yeah, I'm done. I I want nothing to do with I it. I got a degree. I went back a few years after getting a degree. I went back. Well, probably not a few years, probably, uh, I don't know, eight years after getting a degree or something. I went back and I decided, hey, this is what I want to do, whatever. I went back for maybe I don't know, two years, two and a half years. I reached a point. I got accepted into like a medical program that I was going for. And then I just one day I was just like, I'm done. I'm yeah. done. I can't do another paper. I can't no. go to class. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm done. I've reached my threshold. It's over. If I could do it over again, I wouldn't have went to college at all. That's the way I look at it, too. I didn't like the class participation shit. You know, they had some of these professors. Yeah. Like, uh, you have to participate. Like, I'm that's paying to be here. I don't even have I'm to like, come to class. Yeah, yeah. Fuck you. That's that's how I started watching Dexter was in the back of my history class. And I still got an A in that fucking course. Yeah. I took an Adam Sandler class. I I like going to college, meeting people and stuff like that. I remember sometimes we'd skip class and go drink at like university pizza. And then sometimes I go to classes like after that. I'm like, well, that's such a deadbeat thing to do. See, the one thing about me, I actually, uh, a couple of times drank in class. Yeah. I mean, like this big cup and I'm just like, I'm fucked. What are they going to do? Well, it was a continuation. I was in a fraternity too. Okay. and uh, that's why I was there for 32 yeah, years. Yeah. Trapping president. We start drinking. I'm like, oh, I got to go to class. So let me just pour this in here and then I'll see you guys in an hour. And then, yeah. you know, keep this fucking thing Co- warm. College. I mean, you schedule your classes. I remember like one semester at YSU. It's like dead of winter. And like when I was at YSU, they hadn't canceled a class in like 60 years for weather. And they canceled like three times in one <laughs> semester. But I would walk like all the way the entirety of like campus laterally, you would have 10 minutes to get from one class to the next. You'd peel off all your layers, like thaw out and then like put it all back on. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I don't miss any of I that. I think the shit. thing that sucks for me was I was a commuter student back and forth to Kent, like four days That's a week. That's crazy too. The thing that sucked was <sighs> once I got up there and I was done, I wanted to come back home. I didn't yeah. want to fucking stay up there. Now I think it would have been different if I lived on campus. Yeah. Cause I enjoyed when I was up there, like being on like black school radio. But see, there's but- all this hierarchy shit too. Cause it's like, well, if you're a freshman, you can't have a car on campus. It's like, why? You have They're, to live on campus. Yeah. You can't live off campus till you're a sophomore. Why? The, this, the yeah, fucked up thing shit. about Kent was what drove me nuts was the parking passes. And by the time I was a senior, I learned you're better off just park wherever you want. Yeah. Take the fines yep. because by the end of the semester, you'll pay less in fines than you do the actual pass. Well, and that's what at I did. YSU, oh, I paid for the parking nice. pass. But then if you didn't get the Lincoln deck 45 minutes before You're your fucked. class, there were no spots and the spots weren't big enough. So you'd park on the street. You were fine most of the time. But like one day, rather than giving tickets regularly, they would just pick like one random day in the semester and give every single car on the entire street a ticket. And it probably was like made it easier. They I think have- one of my last semesters there, I, my fines were $150 in fines. If I would have paid for the parking pass, it was nowhere near my hall. Would have yeah. cost me well over two hundred dollars. Yeah. Fuck that. And the shit is, if you didn't pay that hundred fifty dollars, you like couldn't go to school the next semester. Exactly. It's like it's you got so to stay fine. So so, I tell you what, back to school would have been a much shittier movie if it was a commuter school. Yeah. Oh, could you imagine so fucking going back and forth? We don't have dormitories, so well, you have to drive. The only, only way I'm going back to college is if I get to go back in a Thornton Mellon sort of way, and I'm just rich and I can oh, I yeah. can renovate oh. my dorm, I can knock down walls. All right. So someone I don't want on my college campus is. Mr. David McCall. Hey, want to come to my college? Hey, I know how to write. Nicole Fev, I'm going to kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. Surprisingly, I kind of have a lot of logic for this movie. I have a few things. You just talked about 
the three rooms. Yeah. How do you just knock down three support bearing walls and everything's okay? Yeah. Those are old buildings. That what, shit's going to collapse. What are they going to do when he graduates or moves out? They so now gonna, have. You know what they're going to do? They're going to charge a super premium to stay in that room yeah. and have multiple We have one mega dorm. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a hot tub in it. The mega dorm. So Thornton, good segue. Thornton wants to enroll, but he has no high school diploma or SAT scores or anything. Yeah. So he pays for a new building to get in, a new business school. But immediately after he cuts the check or whatever, they show the groundbreaking. How much time has passed? Because the, it's not like he writes a check and they break ground the next day. I know it is a ceremonial groundbreaking, but like, wouldn't it probably take like two years of planning where Minimum. the building was going to go and who's all of that? Yeah. So it's like by the time that would actually happen, like Jason would be out of school. He'd so it was like a waste. Done. The whole premise of the movie is flimsy because the point of him enrolling is to support his son, but then Thornton hires a staff to do his homework and all that, except does he really need to be enrolled in the first place? Couldn't he just go live on campus? Yeah, there's no point. Or couldn't he just much. stay yeah. with his son? He doesn't actually, because like he obviously hates going to the classes. He's paying people to do his homework. Why do it? it What's it matter if he fails? I think he just wants to be the popular kid because he never got to experience yeah. this. Like growing didn't, didn't up, he, he had he struggled. Did his son though have like some heart to heart? Like you didn't do it. Like why should I do it? And he's like, you know he what, did. Jason? I will do it. Yeah, I will and do I it. I think that's what he was trying to show his son. Like, look, I can go through it. And I know it's going to be hard, but I can do it too. No, but then he doesn't. Yeah. But then right. he cheats the whole way. Vonnegut to well, show yeah. up. Welcome to having fucking money. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> That's what happens. I like the part where, hey, uh, I paid, you know, just to, to be here and, and do this shit. And I know I've only been here for like two and a half months, but now I'm the valedictorian. Well, he yeah. gets the commencement speech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, as a freshman. And it's 20 <laughs> seconds long. I mean, I can appreciate it because I've sat through commencement speeches. Look out for number one without stepping to number two. I've, I've sat through commencement speeches oh. that were like an hour hour long you know this what this person was on the uh you know they were an advisor to the president or something and it's like they're giving some speech and it's like it's two hours yeah, it's, just like, sit, gives it's, a it's 209 degrees in here i'm wearing a fucking wizard robe <laughs> like i don't want to sit here i'm pretty sure that if they ask you to do the commencement speech they expect a little bit more than what thornton does yeah <laughs> it was like me doing the best man speech at your wedding yeah. thank, <laughs> but i was completely thank you drunk. everyone for coming raise your glasses i think that was what it was too they're just like all right just just let them say a little something get him off then we'll get the you know the real people kurt vonnegut yeah, yeah. And he'll logistically <laughs> the big thing the triple indy logically impossible right the pull off logically impossible and at, also at they that have, age yeah at any age yeah. but yeah but at 60 but they have to install an additional diving board i'm pretty sure that isn't okay the announcer's like there will be an additional springboard installed for melon's dive the triple lindy is that hard it's impossible. For this dive, we will be installing a third springboard. You it's can't like, just do that. They, do they have one? Yeah, they have roll it out. Quick. How long would that take? They just have like a janitor come out and bolt it up with and some sand strips. If you were dumb enough to attempt the triple Lindy, you'd want to do it indoors because any type of wind is just going to fuck you oh, completely yeah. up. It'd be great if he just missed the other <laughs> board. He used to do it on the Jersey Pier, dude. <laughs> but think about it, though. He takes that first flip headed towards the board. Gus the wind. He hits his head right on a concrete. Done. Yeah. Done. The whole crowd shocked. Splits his head open like a melon. Oh. 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 
That's why they have me here, folks. Speaking <laughs> of diving, Chaz was the national high school diving champion. Is Great Lakes like a big diving school? Yeah. Don't you think you'd want to go somewhere out west like yeah. California? Well, I think it's supposed to be California. I don't know. I don't, I, where do we think this is supposed to be? Just anywhere? I would that's assume. It's a, a good question. Yeah. Because we're Mellon's in New York. Like mm-hmm. they, they're stationed in New York. That's where like he's yeah. from. So and it was, was shot in Wisconsin. Yeah. But I think it's probably just every town USA. Yeah, it makes Pretty sense. Much. Yeah. Non-designated. Midwest. I think it's like a Midwest school. Yeah. Is Diane getting pissed at Thornton Fair? So she blew him off after they kissed and had their, where she's like, if I drink all this wine, I'm going to spread it for you or whatever. After she is cheated yeah. on her own yes. boyfriend with she's him. She's cheated on Barbet. him with Philip With Pax Whitehead. I think it's the men who are different. Ever since the women's movement, most of the men I meet go out of their way to show you how sensitive they are. Well, they were too macho and now they're too soft. You all want us to know you can cry. No, with women, I never cry, never. I beg. <sighs> if we finish this bottle of wine, you won't have to beg. But then he asks her to come to the party and she says she has a date. I thought that when she made out with Thornton, the thing with Philip was yeah. over. Nope. But she goes on a date with Philip. So then he gets in a hot tub with the girls and she gets irrationally so pissed at him. Pissed. Is that no. fair? Not at all. It's no. not at all fair. She's fucking with her boyfriend yeah. still. Yeah. She's playing the field too. Diane. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that's fair. All right. What's the legacy of this movie? Oh my God. I mean, it, it does it. Is this the best Rodney Dangerfield movie? It's I like it better than Caddyshack. It's his. Uh, I, oh, I'm I saying think, Rodney in this movie. Better. I'm going to say I think Mass Appeal, but I think Easy Money is the better movie. OK, I wouldn't call Caddyshack his movie. Yeah, because it's Chevy Chase's movie. Yeah. So between this and Easy Money, I haven't watched Easy Money in a while. Easy Lady Money Bugs. is a lot darker. I think it's a lot funny. I think it just kind of spotlights. I th- America's grandpa is kind of yeah. like what he was like in the 80s. Is like, oh, this guy's hilarious. He makes these little fart jokes. He's dirty. Jokes. Yeah. He doesn't care. He drinks a little bit. You know, he parties a little bit. But I have to say, I think Easy Money is, is the better uh, film. Better I, than Ladybugs? Yes. Oh, I read some, uh, some things about Rodney Dangerfield in the past and like how if you went to his house, He'd just be wearing an open robe <laughs> and he just didn't care. Makes sense. He just like people would come to interview him or people would come and he just like answer the door, like in his robe with his dick out and stuff. And he didn't care. Oh. He was smoking dope. Yeah. And, he smoked, and just doing like, lines. Yeah. Like, it's like, he was just, he was a party. Yeah. Guy. yeah. Like yeah. he was legitimately that could, party guy. Could you imagine yeah. going to a party with like him, Kinnison and John Belushi? Oh Christ. Holy shit. And it, well, it's like you said, he was like a cultural icon, but he didn't hit it in movies until 59, he was like 59 years old, 60 years old. So it's, like, like this is a guy that was on like Ed Sullivan. Yeah. Like he was on the Ed Sullivan show. Think he, about that. How did he just not get in movies sooner? But it's almost right. like the movie industry and the money from the movie right. industry. It's and almost like he was making up for lost time. He'd be in like a Budweiser commercial yeah. with Spud's fucking McKenzie yep. or some shit. Do you think though in the early 50s and 60s though he was hampered and as bad as it is by his looks? Because you look back uh, then you have Clark Gable, you have Rock Hudson. Not comedian. No. Not comedian. Comedy I'm talking wise. movie wise. Yeah, but not comedy movies. Not comedy wise, no. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of goofy looking fuckers coming up through the years comedy wise. I just wonder how many of them he was considered for that went to Richard Pryor or Gene Wilder or both or whatever. I mean, I'm sure there were a number of roles that they probably. I think after Caddyshack, people were like, we need to get this guy's own vehicle. Like this guy can carry. Well, every movie he was in was very much dominated by his humor and stuff. So he definitely got some level of creative control over 
over the movies that he was in. I will say in Back to School, amazing supporting cast that yes. I think really let him Complimented shine. Complimented him. Yeah, because you got so, like you said, you have Zabka, you got- RDJ. Yeah, Kellerman. You have all of them, like Burt Young. I mean, yeah. you have really, really good, yeah. even like a smaller, like Emmett Walsh, Ned Beatty. Oh, yeah. Like even on smaller tertiary or like little. They camp, did such they a good really job good of that movie. in the 80s where it's like you'd have your big players, but then the rest of the cast yeah. being sprinkled with just people, you know, not yeah. necessarily big names, but like, you right. know, all of these people. But they get little cameos like, yeah. like Kennison, you know, yep. I mean, that was great to surround him because it let him do it. And, and, and then honestly, they, he's not a bad actor in his own right. Not at all. No, he's great. Like, yeah. He's come down and doing the sentimental stuff, the father-son stuff, and and, and he's interacting with the love interest. I mean, he's a good actor. Yeah, and then you almost wonder, like, had he had that in his tank to do more of, like, a a straight-up... Like a John Candy A serious... Yes, exactly. That is, like... You know, like, John Candy movies. Put him in something like that. Perfect. Like Like Uncle Buck. Him as an Uncle Buck. (laughs) Analogy. And then in Ladybugs, he was with Jack Hay... And Jonathan, Jonathan Brandis, Brandis and Tommy Lasorda. Right? So <laughs> what a cast! Easy money. You had Pesci. You yeah. had Joe Pesci. Yeah. You had uh, Tyler Negron, which yeah. is a very yeah, underrated stand-up Super comic underrated. and '80s actor. All right, stick around for some plugs. Hey, I'm TJ. I'm one of your lifeguards, and this is the Pool Scene Podcast. Pool Sceners, thank you once again for checking out the podcast this week. And don't forget, if you guys missed an episode, check us out. Apple, Spotify, Podbean, and other podcast listening sites. And while you're there, like, comment, subscribe, rate, and follow. Hey, you leave us a five-star review on Apple, we choose it, you win a prize. It's just that easy. Also, check us out on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, at Pool Scene Podcast. Also, TikTok. Yo, we're trendy at Pool Scene Pod 1. And once again, guys, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And now, back to Kevin. Final lap guy. Yeah! The final lap! What up? Oh, I was just going to do a bit and you cut me off oh, with it. Oh, sorry. Go. But just go ahead and do it. Are you fucking new here? I don't know what I fucking whatever. You just, just keep it because I was going to say final lap guy. You don't get no respect, but apparently it's me who gets no respect <laughs> because the final lap guy uh, just cuts me off. There? <laughs> why don't you go back to school and learn how to use that fucking computer? That's why this shit isn't live. Final lap guy. Do you get any respect? Yeah. The Just for posterity, Jim cut me off there, but you probably won't hear it on the episode because he, he's going to edit, edit it out. It out. Fuck up. So, uh, yeah, Jim, what do you got going on for the final lap? So I just have one question, and me and my girlfriend had this weird debate, and she thinks I'm crazy, and it's a little gross, so I want to know what you guys think. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now, do you wipe standing up or sitting down on the toilet? Because she thought I was crazy because I stand up to wipe. I don't think that's weird. I don't okay. think it's weird. Do I mean, it, but I'm, I think it's whatever tools. I'm not a monster. It depends. Yeah. It depends on the job. Yeah, that's true. If it's a messy job, 
You don't want to yeah. sit down and do brown balls. All right, let's be honest there. It's I'm thinking, just, though, if you're sitting, you got more of a spreading situation going. Plus, you have limited room, I think, to get underneath via through toilet seat to well, do you, Are you going from the front or are you going from the around? back? Yeah. So are you saying you do the lean? Which way are you going? Part so wait, cowboy? Are you, are you doing the lean? You wipe from the front towards your balls? No, I stand up to wipe. And you wipe from the front no, towards your balls? No, you wipe from front the back no. you don't go back to front are you doing this how do you are you wait a minute we're gonna hold on no 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 no. i'm literally hold on like a chimpanzee hold on no i'm literally <laughs> standing i'm standing up and I'm okay this. okay that makes sense the hell what do you think i'm a savage well, you're talking about reaching between and getting brown balls i'm like <laughs> why, why are you wiping st- towards your balls no i'm saying if you're standing up if you're doing it sitting down that's gonna be a heavy problem if you're literally reaching between your legs and doing a wipe that's yeah. crazy like who would do that yeah, i understand exactly. if you're you're a woman, you're not dealing with that. But then no, you've got a whole you get in your your uh, lady, lady pee pee. Yeah, you get a whole UD issue, and it's like yeah. no. So UD I stand up. Fish. Great power, Udi. <laughs> so Saudi Arabia is building a mega city. Great segue. And they don't ever wipe their ass. <laughs> they don't. They don't. They use they their hands, Jim. Let's play that bukkake um, game you were talking about. <laughs> so have either of you heard of this? It's a, a mega city called the Line. Oh, I have not. No. So it's one continuous glass building that stretches 106 miles. Jesus. What? It's going to house 9 million people. It's 656 feet wide, built up vertically taller than the Eiffel Tower. There will be no cars allowed inside. A high-speed bullet train will travel the full distance in 20 minutes. So 106 miles from one end to the other wow. in 20 minutes. The way it's designed, it's fully environmentally conscious. It's sustainable, 100% renewable water sources. Each community is developed kind of on top of each other so that anywhere you are at any given time, there will be schools, hospitals, hospitals, et cetera, all within a five minute walk. It will run through areas so that you have like great views. Like the valley it's in, it's sort of like the Grand Canyon. So you have these like magnificent views. It's on a major trade route. So there won't be any shortages of anything. Where, where did you say this was? Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia. See, this is gonna be very hard for them um, because um, people that live in this, um, these glass houses, <laughs> They shouldn't, they shouldn't throw stones. And those people love throwing they stones. They do love stones. So I will ask both of you, good idea or is this prison? Now, Shane, you'll probably back me up on this. Does this not sound a little Logan's run to you? Like, are they going to be like, oh, you're getting too old. It's time to go to Carousel <laughs> and renew. And like, then, then they get stoned to death. That's what it I, sounds I like, though. that's probably not far off. So I will say, I think this is a move towards kind of what the future will look Self-sustainability. Like. They don't want to build out want to build. they want to build like so it oh. won't take a huge footprint because it's just like a it's like the great wall of china you know it's like just a, a like a big wall but it's saudi arabia so i worry about human rights like yeah. obviously there won't mm. be equal treatment for women there won't be minorities lgbqt people it's pretty much like the movie elysium yeah. except for they're in a desert instead of up in space it's pretty much going to be for the elite it will because there's going to mm. be like trees and it's all solar everything's renewable but i i just don't yeah it's a human rights issue for oh, me yeah but as far as an idea i mean it's gonna be 500 billion dollars to build 
Oh, is that all? They have it. So (laughs) I'll be curious if it happens. They've tried other things like this and they've all kind of got canceled. So I'll be curious to see if it actually happens. And then once it does again, what is what's the end game? Yeah. You got to constantly keep a level of a population order to maintain. That's what I mean. Like there's always got to be in and out. You can't be be stuck in the thing. So you got to be able to like exit anytime you want. You know, this shit's going to go real bad and they're going to seal it off. It's a giant aquarium. Yeah, that's all it is. But everybody who's inside of it, do they also work inside of it? Or do they they leave to work? I guarantee you, if you're allowed a place within that, you never have to worry about money for the rest of your life. stay there and work in the Annie Ann's in the food court. That's what I do. Live in my glass palace. So what do I need to go outside for? Exactly. It's It's 185 degrees out there. Fucking hot. I have a few more things. Uh, Yesterday I was on a, I got a call from work. Uh, We do donations sometimes. This woman thought she had one of our donated items. It said it's broken. So I went out in the field for a call. She, she's a doctor, an animal doctor. And when I arrive, she said, you know, they'll be waiting for you. And I talked to the receptionist and I said, Hey, I'm here to see Dr. So-and-so. And she's like, Oh yeah, come with me. She's like, uh, she knows you're coming. She says, are you squeamish? I said, no. Oh Lord. They lead me back to where I stand three feet from the doctor who's performing surgery on a pit bull. Oh. It's just wide open on the table. Oh. And she's like pulling on guts and sewing things. She's having a casual conversation with out. me. And then uh, there's other dogs just like on mats who I'm guessing before they give the anesthesia, they must give them like a sedative because all the dogs were pretty chill. Like none of them were like, I mean, so I'm like walking it's through like, a labyrinth. Of, like jumping up, tugging on the yeah, other end of the intestine. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dogs and stuff. There's just a ton of dogs in here and i'm like this is bizarre oh and, and then i go to the other room where the item was and it wasn't even ours <laughs> so then i have to walk back over to the uh, nightmare pit bull you wear a mask open. at this point yeah i, I was oh, wearing yeah. a mask that's but i'm like i didn't scrub for surgery i didn't yeah, walk right. in here like i'm just literally standing three feet from this woman and she's like uh-huh uh-huh and she's like just pulling on stuff because he didn't have a junior mint i was just gonna go <laughs> super duper weird um very refreshing more speaking of refreshing that's perfect sprite is getting rid of green bottles they're switching to clear yeah it's not gonna taste the same but now i agree gonna love i agree it's the same way green bottled yeah. beer tastes different skunky. than brown bottle skunky beer. and shittingling yeah, yeah. so garbage yeah. i think it's gonna be weird they're moving to clear bottles green labels green caps but no more green bottles but like i told you mm-hmm. who benefits this the most seven up because so, then seven up will be the only yeah, identifiable on the market. green bottle Jim, you better save a green Sprite bottle now so then 10 years down the road, you're not like, hey, remember green bottled Sprite? Dude, I can't remember the last time I drank Sprite, to be quite honest with you. Really? It's been a very long time, over 10 years at least. The final thing I'll mention, this past weekend in Florida, two miles off the St. Lucie Inlet, a 100-pound sailfish jumped out of the water and stabbed a 73-year-old woman in the groin. Oh, I got no respect. She was on a boat, and two men immediately applied pressure oh but she had to be airlifted no word yet on whether they were able to save her groin area was the fish still attached while they that's what i'm thinking he just like speared her right through the cooter oh like you walking into the er she's on the gurney and here's this big hundred fucking pound fish just hanging out of her that's like one of the dead people you see in uh juno's office in beetlejuice oh my god were they chumming could you i they they had to have been i mean and baiting imagine jesus christ imagine she does survive. Hopefully she does, but I wouldn't want to. That's humiliating. That's a story. <laughs> That's like humiliating. probably her age limits her. But if she's say she's 33. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. 
Yeah. You gotta be like, oh, you're the girl who got her vagina stabbed by that massive yeah. pierced. Pierced. Yeah. They do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was something Jesus that happened. Christ. And they're they got to the hospital and they're like, I'm not sure which of these things smells worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I just feel bad for the dudes too, who are just like holding, holding yeah. towels, holding yeah. pressure. Meanwhile, this, your legs. Like, meanwhile, this fish is slapping him in the fucking face oh, back and man. forth. Right? It was like, no, we already lost that Australian dude. We can't lose you too. That's right, Steve uh, Irwin. Yeah, we cannot have this again. Nope, nope, not on my watch. All right, so Shane, you joined us for the third time. We appreciate it. Yes, and again, yes. Uh, just keep an eye on Youngstown Comedy Syndicate yes. for upcoming dates. Get on Facebook, Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. Like us follow us you'll see uh where we're gonna be what we're gonna be doing all over the place yeah it's a, it's a lot of fun uh next uh not next weekend but in a couple weekends uh this doesn't have anything to do with comedy but pop culture wise i'm going to steal city con yeah. oh yeah and monroeville pa I'm i want to see a lot of people and uh i'm gonna see this guy Jim danny Trejo is gonna be there i'm pretty excited because it's uh john carpenter's gonna be there yeah. yeah and i looked and it's like 120 bucks yeah it's insane. And Treo's like 50. I think, All right. 60. Let's have this debate right here. And Are now. you going to talk about the perfect stranger to seriously him? though? Too much money. How in, in what fucking world? I get it's their last hurrah. And you got to try to scrape up as much. Can, totally I, get that. can I meet one of them and not the other? Mark Lynn Baker. Get the fuck I, out of here. I love the leftovers and Mark Lynn Baker's on it. My favorite year is one of the best fucking movies yeah. ever with him and David yeah, Niven. So if I you want, haven't seen that, my favorite year, yeah. you should, guys should do that on this fucking show so i want to get like <sighs> joseph a, a left, god that's such a fucking fun leftovers movie. poster something and have marklin baker sign in marklin baker is a f- way underrated sorry balky and you know fucking balky's like can i sign it too no but here's the thing don't touch me it's like a it's a group <laughs> well of course not don't be ridiculous <laughs> it's a group rate for what is it no, I, I think you said 110 oh i'm sorry that's right yeah it is 110 because i that's said right. fuck that yeah i so think if, i said i would pay like so it's 60 like a piece it's 60 a piece or 110 for both of them that's horseshit. What world do we live in that Mark Lynn Baker and Bronson Pinchot are $110? Well, have Bronson Pinchot sign your... My John Larroquette second sight poster? Like, what the fuck? Stuart Pankin? Did you yeah. get Stuart Pankin to sign it, too? Bever- if you get those three, then you got the trifecta. <laughs> Great Beverly, Beverly Hills Cop 3. He actually yeah. is the Salsh. funniest part yeah. of that fucking... He, he saves He's that Salsh. movie. Yeah. Salsh. Salsh. Oh, Aquel. Aquel. That is a Foley. shithole of a movie, and he saves... His part was the best part. Yeah. I didn't say he saves we, we, it, because nothing could save it. We no. covered that movie in... Uh, best part. I we did like part that three. Yeah, we covered three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Only redeeming part of that entire fucking movie. Well, like we discussed, Beverly Hills Cop 3 wasn't even supposed to be a Beverly Hills Cop movie. Yeah. It shouldn't have been a movie. At all. Um, yeah. Alistair Wall! I love conventions. I, I really do. It's like, right, we're in a recession right now. And like, you go to convention, it's like, well, it's 20 bucks to get in. Yeah. And then it's 20 like, to get in is, and then it's like, bad. well, it's the, no, de- no, no, but then it's, it's like, the Dexter reunion. Yeah. And then it's like Sergeant I'm, Angel Batista. <laughs> now I'm going to spend 50 bucks for this person to sign something, 20 bucks to get a picture with this guy. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I saw some really cool toys or video games or something. I spent another, see what I do is I look for like one, like one person. I'm not going to go fucking yeah. haywire like 50 bucks. Okay. Like I'm cool. Yeah. If it's Danny Trejo, 
who's been in yeah, fucking yeah. ton of shit and I right. fucking love, I'll do it. I'm not going over that yeah. amount. There's now, no now there are, way, man. If Barkland Baker and Bronson Mature were 20 bucks a piece, I'm there. Dude, let me tell you my first Perfect one. Perfect Strangers is the best theme song ever. The first one I ever went to at Steel City Con, I didn't understand like what yeah. etiquette was. Yeah. So I'm going up and I'm seeing these people and I'm straight up taking their picture. <laughs> like I almost walked like George Animal Steel. Yeah. George Animal Steel is there. He's doing like this Q&A. So after he's done, like they're trying to like usher him off. I'm like, Hey, George Animal Steel. Oh, you took a picture of them? And I'm like, hey, can I get a picture real quick? And then, and then his handler's like, no, we got to get him over here. We got to get him over. Like, you got to go over to the thing. And my girlfriend's like, okay, yeah, all right. I'm like, and literally there's a picture of me <laughs> and this blur that's <laughs> George the Animal Steel. It's like a, like a Sasquatch George the Animal Steel, which is not too far off. But it's just me and this blurry George the Animal Steel. And then I was like, what the fuck? You know what? Yeah. I can't get a well, picture. So then I go to other people and I start taking pictures. And then <laughs> I think Shirley from fucking Laverne Shirley's like, what the fuck are you doing man yeah. like you gotta oh shit i'm sorry well, I, like, I, didn't I, know. Can, I mean we've been to lots of conventions oh, but yeah. i can remember like maryland chambers and i remember it was like it's 10 or 20 bucks to take a selfie with her and i'm like it's my phone Fucking right phone. Yeah. it's my phone this is an olin mills why am yeah. i charging why are you charging me money to take a picture of my, my phone? phone right my likeness and stuff like if if you sign this picture okay i'm paying for something but it's like i'm taking the picture yeah. like yeah and you have to pay so i remember thinking but now that's like yeah, the norm yeah. And, uh, but the weirdest convention that you go to is the Arnold Classic. Oh, yeah. So the bodybuilding convention, they we do a little bit a of wrestling, a little bit of martial yeah. arts and stuff. And, and my dream with that one is always like the one person I would shell out big bucks for Arnold. Arnold. Big time. If Arnold did a convention. Yeah. 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 I'd, I'd pay like $500. I'd pay like 500 yeah. bucks to get a picture of Arnold. Yeah. yeah. So, at, but at the Arnold, they have UFC fighters and whoever's there. Supplements. You can and... just wait in line and get a picture and an autograph and whatever free. you want for, for with free. Or, with Arnold. Well, not with Arnold. Arnold. Arnold will kind of like with wander around a little bit. Frigno? <laughs> I'm not sure he's been I there. Yeah. Frigno Who the fuck there. else would yeah. be there that you would well, give a U shit about? UFC fighters. Belt. Like we used to be in UFC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't and like there's wrestlers him. there. Like, you know, we'd get pictures of wrestlers. Well, I got, like, I have a picture uh, of Dana like, White. Like, where, like a junkyard dog or something? Uh, I don't know if junkyard dog. Not more like Ricky the Dragon steamboat? Negative. But, um. Oh, fuck that. I don't give a shit. But like, I have a picture with Dana White, the owner of UFC, and we look, we're best friends. Yeah. He was like, just hanging out and Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan. He would be I, up that been alley. There. He's we, been there. Uh, Bruce Buffer. He yeah, was there and Bruce he was Buffer. awesome. Bruce yeah. was super uh, cool. box lightner. Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo was a I wish. huge motherfucker. I would have had my copy of Sidekicks. Speaking oh, of Jonathan yeah. Brandis. Nice. Yeah. But Arnold Convention's cool because if you care about those people, you just wait in line and you just get to talk to these yeah, people. Yeah, I can see there's that subset where people are like, oh, look, there's Jeremy Lockhart. But wouldn't you rather who the fuck would you rather Hey, okay, let's say Steel City Con cost $200, but you have free reign to get pictures, autographs. That would be dope. Anybody you wanted. I'd pay that. I think that'd be worth it. Now, oh, yeah. some people might get screwed because- It's like the, when you go to the like uh, the Disneyland, you're like, I want easy pass. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. pay fucking more, and then I'm going to go to the front of the line and shit. Well, we'll start our own convention. So. Yeah. Big time. It's one, yeah. You pay one fee and yeah. you just go out and you Have wait fun. in line and you get, yeah. maybe you pay this fee and you get five. Like yep. You get your thing stamped and at the end you get a, like a Bronson Pinchot fucking make you a sandwich. <laughs> to get you second side of VHS. To make you a sub. Yeah, Corson Larry. They sell me that gun. Who the longest time I thought his name was, first name was Corson, last Cor name Corson Larry. Larry. Corson Larry. I thought it was Corson oh, Larry. Don't be ridiculous. Because I remember as a kid asking my mom, why does Cousin Balky refer to Larry by two names? Because I was like, why? He would just call him Corson. Why is Larry he calling Corson Appleton? Larry? Appleton? Corson Larry Appleton. I'm like, why is he calling him his full name? 
now. Let's uh, thank you, Shane, for thank, coming you're on. Welcome. Again. And I kind of want to watch like all seasons of Perfect Strangers because I remember growing up. I yeah. want to see if it holds up because I remember laughing my fucking ass yeah. off as a kid. I don't care what anybody says. It's the best TV theme song ever. It was a great. It is. I, it was a great comedy duo, physical comedy. It was like, where, where like you had Lucy and Ethel and mm-hmm. like, through like Lewis and uh, Clark. Yeah, Clark. No, that's an Explorer. And Martin, Martin Lewis. No, Dora. Hey, D. Martin. But yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Run your fucking show. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but yeah, thanks for coming in. For Oh, uh, yeah. It was awesome. I one of it. your faves. Yes. Banger always, season. Always a pleasure. Continues again next week, Kev. All right. Well, until next week, Silencia. Mr. Thornton Mellon. Thank you very much, thank you. Thank you, Dean Martin, President Sinclair, and members of the graduating class. I have only one thing to say to you today. It's a jungle out there. You gotta look out for number one, but don't step in number two. And so, to all you graduates, as you go out into the world, my advice to you is, don't go. It's rough out there. Move back with your parents. Let them worry about it.